0: Welcome to the Brand A New podcast. I'm your host, Carly Lyon, and I'm dedicated to helping individuals elevate their personal brand, proactively shape their reputation, and attract the life and career they dream of. I interview leading creative professionals, communication experts, and social media gurus in a bid to uncover practical and cutting edge personal branding strategies for you to apply. All sessions are recorded in front of a real audience asking real questions. If you want to learn more, please feel free to visit my website, carlylioncom and discover other ways we can work together. For now, let's start the class. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Brand new pod class. For those of you who are meeting me for the first time, my name is Carly Lyon, and I like to describe myself as a former international personal publicist turned personal branding coach for entrepreneurs and executives. I created the Branding You podcast really as a great excuse to speak to some creative and inspirational individuals all around the topic of personal branding, being yourself, putting yourself out there. And today, I am exceptionally excited because the wonderful woman that I'm going to be speaking to not only is incredibly talented, amazingly accomplished, but she happens to also be one of my best friends in the whole wide world. So I want to give you the official introduction first. Uh, then I'll give you more of the personal insight into just how far back we go and the friendship that we have. But I know you're going to get so much out of this conversation today with my dear friend, Catherine Eisman. So the official intro for beautiful Catherine is she is a two-times Emmy-nominated fashion journalist. She was a former entertainment reporter at Sunrise, She's the best-selling author of two books, How to Tell a Man by His Shoes and How to Tell a Woman by Her Handbag. This I didn't even know, Kath, which is always the case when I actually research my good friends. But her books were... I'm terrified, by the way. I'm terrified. (laughs) Published in 12 countries and eight different languages. I didn't even know that. And she has interviewed... US presidents, British royalty, and some of the world's leading actors. She's also the founder of a cult sockwear brand called High Heel Jungle Socks. And she's the star and creator of the new show Undressed with Catherine Eisman, which is streaming right now on Paramount+. Plus. And to say that it's a life-changing show would really be an understatement. So, Kath, Welcome and thank you so much for for being
1: here with me today. Oh, I thank really, you, Carly. I'm, I'm so excited so, to be here. I'm so excited. You know, just a chance for us to catch up and and you've told me so much about your amazing community. So it's a it's a thrill to be on it, and I hope there's a lot of value. in it.
0: I I am absolutely sure that there will be. Now, Kath, I think it's important, and I'm as equally interested in this because you know as it happens friends, we don't often talk about the past so much. We're so in the now and where we are right now. But I want you to give us just a little bit of insight into your professional background. So where have you been? What have you done? And how has it led to what you're doing now with Undressed?
1: It's a big question, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's funny, isn't it? I think probably all of us can agree how when we look back on our life, we and where we ended up, it it kind of makes sense retrospectively, but at the time, it, it's it's kind of somewhat haphazard. I uh, started off. Uh, I grew up in Sydney, where I am now back after being in Los Angeles in New York, uh, Los Angeles for twelve years and New York for five years, so a really long time. Um, and I was always obsessed with psychology and fashion and journalism, communicating. And I never felt that, they, I thought they were all very separate paths. And, and um, when I was, I studied communications journalism at UTS and at the time I wrote my first book, How to Tell a Man By His Shoes. And at the time I was also modelling and I remember you spent a lot of time just waiting around and I was sitting on the floor one day and I was you know, seeing people kind of shoes walk past and I started playing a game with myself trying to guess what who it was without looking up and it dawned on me i had this kind of revelatory moment where i realized that there was this absolute connection between the type of shoes people wore and the kind of person that they were and so i went about and wrote my first book and not knowing whether it would be published or what would what would come of it just just to help people really with dating, actually, <laughs> and um, and then that ended up being an international bestseller, and that brought me to New York, where I appeared on Good Morning America and The Today Show, and ended up was being offered a role to be their features reporter for for Today in New York uh, on NBC, and just spent many years there, um, in getting to interview the the most interesting people. Yeah, as Carly mentioned, you know whether it be you know President Clinton or Mayor Giuliani at the time or Sarah Jessica Parker and just the whole, and then also just everyday amazing people that had a story to tell. And so it was this kind of someone giving you the keys to the city and to ask people. And as a journalist or as a podcast host, it's this extraordinary opportunity where the questions that would be considered rude to ask, certainly of people who are, are kind of um, notoriety, it's your job to ask them mm-hmm. and to find out things about them. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, and I did that for five years and wrote a column for a men's health magazine was touring around the country, um, helping men dress and express themselves through fashion, because I think it was overlooked for men. Um, and then moved to Los Angeles where, I wrote my second book, "How to Tell a Woman by Her Handbag," and ended up being the um, head of fashion lifestyle at E News. And again, you know, he- heading all of our New York know, Fashion Week coverage, but also the biggest kind of pop culture icons at the time, and getting that look behind the curtain and and the. the the machinery and the mechanics of what it is to create trends, to create icons mm-hmm. and how it is a business. And that was a very interesting vantage point to understand it and to demystify style and celebrity and all the things that we're often kept at, at more than arm's distance from. Um, and after 12 years over there, and then I was also the entertainment reporter for for Sunrise, um, which was a great thing, is really enjoyed that, And then after a really long time, my mother was unwell and I thought, you know, it's time to come home. I've got two young kids. I wanted to come back to Australia to spend time with family. And when I came back, I had a conversation with this extraordinary woman, Bruna Papandrea, who, um, with her husband, Steve run this company called Made Up Stories and they create Big Little Lies, Nine Perfect Strangers, Anatomy of a Scandal, The Undoing, Luckiest Girl Alive, all the shows that you guys all probably watch and devour and love as I do. And she was always fascinated by my books. And anyway, and then we create, I said, what about if we do this show? And so we teamed up with her and amazing director, this guy Ibn Gahar, and we created undressed uh, based on this idea of when you look at what someone's wearing rather than being something that's accused of being superficial it's this incredible access point to truly understand who someone is consciously subconsciously and so that's the the birth of undressed and so in many ways my career and my life's come full circle to the thing that I think I, I'm most passionate about.
0: Yeah I love that because it, it's and you know obviously I got to sit on the sidelines of watching your career. And it really was the truth. I What I have loved about seeing you get to this point of launching this incredible show, which we're obviously going to get into and start talking about, was yeah. you had this amazing career in media and journalism where you really did reach the top of the top. But then all throughout that journey, there was this underlying theme like with your books and then with your mm-hmm. sock brand and And this was a and and let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I have seen. We've been to many dinner parties where Catherine has (laughs) been sitting next to someone, and she'll explain what she does, and you know, and she wrote this book, and obviously the first thing someone will ask is, oh, well, what does my outfit say about me? And I (laughs) promise you, I'm not lying. I've seen people in tears of happiness, like just completely dumbfounded around how could this woman see so much of who I am and what I stand for in just my handbag or the outfit that I'm wearing. And so it's a real... There, there's something about this. is a very real gift, and from what you're saying, it came about mm. quite accidentally. Like you're sitting on the ground looking at these shoes, mm. like how you know it's it's such a and it's real. And you only have to watch the it show to know this
1: is a real thing. Mm. You, it is a real thing. Yeah, I've never been wrong. I've and 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 boy, do they like to test me, and, and I enjoy it. I think actually, my first ever TV appearance in america was good morning america and they didn't even bring out the person they just lined up shoes and said describe this person describe that person i said oh this one takes wedding vows very seriously this and then they brought out the the people and he's like i just renewed my vows and it was it's it's this bizarre thing and i've had it since i was a little girl it's this Mm. um yes all of of my experience in interviewing all these people and and working in fashion and 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 and, and getting to know the psychology of people by having these detailed conversations has helped fortify it but I definitely think it is just something that I was born with and and a deep intuition and it's a it's an actual joy for me because most conversations are fairly superficial whether even if we're talking about real things we're not really talking about ourselves like we're talking about things not 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 self. And so in this moment, when someone asks you, oh, what do my clothes say about me? Or do a reading for me? It's this opportunity to do a deep dive into the essence of who they are and for them to feel really seen. In that moment sometimes for the first time because we all carry that we have masks up and and so for someone to cut through that you create this instant intimacy and it's disarming but in the most beautiful way it's not judging someone it's seeing someone and that's what we do on undressed and and that's what i you know i'm most passionate about i love
0: that i think it makes sense for us to to dive obviously deeper into and explain what the show is about because we've kind of skirted around it and for those (laughs) I've watched it I know it intimately and I've got a lot of uh questions around it but how would you just and I loved it by the way in the show you call it a social experience can you just Mm -hmm. explain for those who haven't watched the show what is that social experience what do you actually do and what what's involved in the series
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is we get a group of about 20, I think, 26 people from all walks of life um, and every socioeconomic background, size, uh, ethnicity, sexuality. It's just this incredible um, variety of, of humanity. And I never meet them before this moment where on the first day of filming we're in this big kind of vast space and they're all sitting in a circle. I've never met them. They've never met each other, a true group of strangers. And I, one by one, invite each of them into the center of the circle where I do a reading for them. And I tell them who I see when I look at them through their clothes. And it, it is very emotional. And people have this moment where they think, how could someone see that? I've worked so hard to hide that. Or you bring up things because you can see not only someone's hopes and, and clues about who they want to be and the parts that they hide, but also past traumas. Um There's things that have happened in their life because there's always a reason you end up dressing a certain way, usually subconsciously. And I can kind of say, I can see why this happened, why you got stuck dressing as a little girl or got stuck in the dressing in this time capsule dressing in the eighties, or you've lost your identity or you're hiding a secret or you were teased at school. And it's quite, it's quite, it's quite serious stuff. And it's, it's, it's very emotional, very raw. Um, and then I, we articulate with their help, but when I, who they want to be, because I'm sick of fashion shows where there's some fabulous fashionist that comes in and tells you you're dressing all wrong and yeah. you look overweight or you've got an apple body or should never wear yellow. And this is really the complete antithesis of that mm-hmm. is a psychology show using fashion as a conduit to to do so. And we articulate, Chris, once they feel seen, this version of who they want to be in their life. And I was like, when I was a journalist, entertainment journalist, I would interview so many actors and I would always say to them, you know, at what point did you feel like you truly inhabited your character? And without fail, the majority would say, it's when I put on the costumes, um, the wardrobe of that character. I walked Mm -hmm. differently, I felt differently. It makes so
0: weird sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we are all in our own movie. This is this is it, guys. This, as far as we know, there might be another movie after this, or one before. We don't know that, but this is our movie, and we're the leading ladies uh, or men in that in that film. And what a wasted opportunity to spend your life, your movie, dressed as the wrong character. Yeah. And so. We shift it and we articulate that vision of who they want to be. And then we express that and dress them in with clothing that speaks that because, and it's not just so you create a good first impression, even though we know that clothing is the most powerful nonverbal communicator, more than body language and certainly more than verbal language. But, but mm. it's so that when you look in the mirror, you say, I finally see me you yeah. see me even if you never look like that once before you see you and then you get to be that person in your life and 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 how you feel and the reaction that life um re- how they respond to you is is truly transformative in a way that will stick much more than me putting them in a new you know pink suit and sending them out on their way
0: uh you know i cried well first of all when you showed me the trailer before it came out i cried and then i pretty much cried throughout the whole series because you really see these people, I mean, just open up to you and, and share their hopes and dreams. And then, you know, you do take them on this journey where they get to really express who they are through Mm -hmm. their clothing. And it, not only did it increase my online shopping bill, uh, immediately
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm good for the everything. economy, Carly. Uh, yeah. Guys, I'm very, oh, This should be sponsored really by American Express or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really are. I definitely,
0: the show definitely made me really consciously look at how I am dressing. And, and I suppose that leads me to start talking about, okay, well, how do we really use this? Mm-hmm. uh, to, to start to apply this to our own lives. And for me, once I watched the show and I realized, okay, well, first of all, I always wear black mm-hmm. and I always, and that's only been in, in recent times when I started putting myself out there under this guise of the personal branding and, you know, the brand in you. And yeah, I yeah. realized, and you've kind of alluded this for me that I was, I do that because it's my armor. And well, for me, I, I know you didn't say that, but for me, it is my armour. So it helps me feel stronger and maybe a little bit uh, protected. So yeah, I definitely absolutely. know. And you talk about that in the show, right? We use our
1: clothing as a protective mechanism. Absolutely. There's something called, um, that I discovered in, called defensive dressing. There's different manifestations of it. So there's the, the black T-shirt. Uh, which I call the, the uniform of the invisible. So there's that aspect of it, which is you, you've got two parts of it. One is that you are putting yourself out there more and more. Yeah. And yet you're naturally introverted as a person. So what happens is by wearing black, that's a subconscious way of you still feeling a bit hidden as you go against your natural instincts to increasingly put yourself out there. And so that's your safety net. Okay. So, that's and, true. but then you've got the bold red lipstick, which you do, which you, which compensates for that. Cause you're like, that makes you feel powerful. That is a bit out there. And that's the little bit of color that you can commit to. Yeah. So you feel safe, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. And then there's other, there's more kind of, um, aggressive defensive dressing where we have someone on the show called Izzy who, she, well, she has you know face tattoos, but beyond that, she, she wears only black yeah. And she has hardware. And when you find yourself only wearing black, or um, you have studs or hardware, thick soles associated with someone who has thin, who's got a delicate sole, they wear a thick yeah. sole. People yeah. don't realize that leather tough fabrics. It is a actual, we don't, we're not knights and, you know, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but we are going to battle every day. Mm -hmm. And so when people do feel vulnerable and there has been past trauma or things they're not comfortable with about themselves, or they feel rejected, by society. What they'll often do is they'll dress in a way, and you'll see it even with celebrities, when you'll see someone, I mean, remember when Rihanna had gone through that domestic violence incident, and then you look at her fashion before, silky uh, dresses, colourful, and then she wore leather, hardware, corseted. It was very aggressive. It was her literally arming herself to, to, to be able to survive life. And while we can see it in these more extreme cases, it also manifests on a more subtle way for all of us. And so what I want people to do is bring consciousness back into getting dressed and use it as this really beautiful way to check in with yourself every single day. Why am I putting this on? What is this mm. saying? And is this what I want? Do I want to continue this path or am I on the wrong path and I need to break that happen? And so to joyfully, um and in, in, and with self-empowerment own the act of of choosing your uniform and your character's clothing.
0: Mm, I love that. And you know, you you said rightly it's not just about that element of first impressions. And there was one lady on the show who she mm-hmm. had really gone into a rut because she, like many of us, were I, was isolated during COVID and she just got in this rut of not really caring, like she was wearing a lot of stretchy comfort over anything else. Yeah. Uh, but it was sending herself a message that she wasn't worth it and, you know, she was better off. So, it's, this isn't just about the, the message you're sending to other people, right? It's, it's about the message you're sending to yourself as well.
1: Is that correct? Absolutely. Primarily that. Because mm-hmm. when you do send the right messages to yourself and it is happening, whether we, this is the thing, the game's already in motion. So you're already playing, you know, when you get dressed, you're already communicating, not just to the world, as you say, but you are communicating to yourself. You are sending a clear message. To yourself, And unless you join a nudist colony, you have to partake in that form of communication. If you choose a non, that's a, that's a very loud communication as well. And so what it is, is it's about you owning that language and speaking to yourself in the way that supports you, just as you would have an internal dialogue that can either hurt us or support us. And we all have a Mixture of both of those things at all times, concurrently sometimes, but yeah. the same thing is occurring with fashion. And so, in this case, uh, Julie, who I mean, and, and also must I say how brave and remarkable these people on the show were to truly lay bare. You know, when it says undressed, it yeah. really they really allowed that, and I'm so grateful for that opportunity for them to to let me do this with them. But she was wearing, you know, I looked at her wardrobe, and everything was elasticized, and we all went through, you know, we all went through that version yeah. of ourselves when we were in locked down and at one point you're like why am I wearing uncomfortable pants if I can just wear tracksuit pants or pajamas and and that had really stuck for her and even her tops everything even her shoes looked like slippers they were you you went out in them but they were couldn't be bought no laces they were and so it was sending a message that she was lax, you know, that that she'd let go, she'd stop caring, but she wanted to care. There were the the clues that yeah. I saw in her wardrobe, and we all do want to care. That revealed that. So it was about bring, bringing in more structure into her wardrobe to give more structure to her life and yeah. to how she felt more physically and emotionally pulled together. And so there's this term in 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 this in the world of fashion psychology called enclosed cognition and it's the combination of the uh, symbolic me- meaning of an item of clothing which is yeah. there are universal ideas and also subjective and the physical experience of of wearing a piece of clothing and how it makes you feel when you wear silk mm-hmm. do you feel more elevated are you less likely to to offer to do the coffee run or do you know the, the, or the, yeah. the um, photocopying or whatever it is um and so this is a scientifically proven term yeah. that it For all of us, and so by wearing all these stretchy, lax things that were like she, the symbolic meaning was that she's given up, she's given up, yes, you know. When
0: when she, when you did her wardrobe and you were talking about how like wearing all of this elastic was, in a sense, sending that message of giving up, I felt so, um. It, it, I took it very personally because honestly, what a lot of people wouldn't know about me, even though you, cause generally all of my coaching clients are t- are take place in this little square on a screen, but I wear this <laughs> black dress that's elasticized on the top and it's like my house dress and I wear it every single day. And that's pretty embarrassing to admit, but it, <laughs> it, I really saw that and I was like, Oh my God. I'm doing that. So do you suggest in that situation, because I did see you do a wardrobe cleanse with a lot of the participants. Do you suggest get rid of those pieces? Like just actually, because so much of how we dress ourselves can be habitual, right? It's just like, oh God, it's there. It's easy. Just put it on. So we just get rid of those
1: pieces that we keep falling back to. Yeah, it's a, it's a balance, isn't it? Yes. Because you want to ask yourself, when I wear this, how do I, how does it make me feel? So if it makes you feel, I think no one has to be dressed up all the time. Like you need to be able to come home and flop and feel comfortable and have yeah. that moment. But do you feel like a slob? Once you put on those clothes, are you more likely to go to the fridge and eat all this junk food because you kind of enter that different mindset? Or are they cute pajamas or cute track suit pants where you're yeah. still just as comfortable? Or a cute house dress? Because I don't think you get rid of all your comfortable clothes. Like Half no the- way. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't want to do that. Let alone prescribe that for other people. But finding ones that are just as comfortable but make you yeah. feel good. And that. And and yeah. so if it makes you feel like a slob, and. Yeah and not who you want to be, then you should get rid of it. If it's like a cute pair of pajamas or a cute house dress that still makes you feel pulled together, but you can be comfortable, then keep it. And so I think it's a case by case thing to to kind of edit your wardrobe accordingly.
0: Okay. Okay. So the next question I want to ask is how, how do you know if the person that you're seeing in the mirror is not who you want to be? Like what would be some telltale signs that Perhaps you know, because a lot of the people that were on the show, they they had a certain level of awareness that you know, what how I'm presenting myself is not how I really want to present myself. And you know they were feeling like, you know, I remember one of the ladies said, I, I want to I want to show up and be more beautiful, but she was also dressing really in a very masculine way because that was just her mm-hmm. habit. How do you know if you're not being true to yourself? in that way? What would be some telltale
1: signs? Yeah, it's a great question. So there are different things. Um, One exercise that I really like uh, is what I call the three power style words. So it's about connecting identity to fashion. So you can ask yourself, okay, what are the The three words that describe, and we see this in other disciplines, but we don't see it connected to fashion, right, Carly? So what are the three words that I think express the best qualities about who I am? Mm. It's a really interesting exercise to do. And then use that when you look in the mirror, when you try on the clothes or when you edit your wardrobe, say, does that say that? And if it doesn't, donate it. Give it to someone who maybe it is their three style power words, you know. And so that's a really great thing. Another thing is, how do you feel when you leave the house? Like when you when you walk out, do you feel great? Like if, would you, if you bumped into anyone that day that was important—ex boyfriend, your boss, whoever it might be—girlfriend you don't like, who you know it always looks great—would you be embarrassed about being seen? And my grandmother, who Carly, you knew very well, gave me this extraordinary advice that she lived by. And I mean, she really lived by it. And she said, dress every day as if you're going to meet the most important person in your life. And she did that. She went through enormous trauma. She was in Europe. She went through the Holocaust. She arrived and, you know, it had to build a life. But once she had the opportunity to dress herself, obviously during the war years, she didn't. And I think that only solidified her belief in the power of being able to choose your fashion and individual identity. But it doesn't mean you always have to be dressed the nines. You have to have a full face of makeup. It's not that. But in the context of what you're doing, if you bumped into someone and would be ashamed to be seen, that is no way to live your life mm. because that means that you are hiding. You're literally hiding and you and you have shame, self-shame about who you are. And that is a wasted day. A day where you're embarrassed about that is a wasted day. So it, if it means you spend three more minutes, and it really can be done in three more minutes, to put on the clean top that isn't done or put on a blazer with the jeans or whatever it is, put on, in your case, Carly, the red lipstick, whatever it is, so that if you were to bump into someone important, you would be confident and you could look them in the eye and you could say, oh, hi, nice to see you. That's how you know you're doing it right.
0: Oh, my God, I love that. And I don't know about anyone else here, but who I'm sure there are some, maybe it was just me. There was a part of COVID that I loved that I could put on the mask and literally hide my way through the supermarket because Kath, the truth is I am so guilty of that. I will just lazily put on my athletic wear to take the kids, you know, wherever they need to go. And I pray to God because I live in a, I've kind of tight knit community as you would know, like the kids go to school. So you see other people. (laughs) And I often will go through the supermarket going, please, nobody I know see me. (laughs) Please no
1: ex-boyfriends today, right? That's always a big test, right? Um, But no, listen, and we've all had those moments. No one's you know, other than probably my grandmother, like I have had that moment too. Like I'm not pretending that I've always, I've had, and I've even had times in my life where I look back and I think that's interesting. And I always think of your wardrobe choices as your biography where you're like, wow, that was, I was going through a phase there, you know? So I'm not above it. I'm part of this as well. I've, I've, I've made some mistakes myself and I don't think they're mistakes. I think you're on a journey and you learn from it. So, but But now that you have this awareness and I think when you watch Undressed uh, um, on Paramount, you'll see it will give you these tools. You know, we're we're touching it now, but you will forever change your relationship to getting dressed and realize what a powerful tool it is for you to use. It can either work against you or it can work with you. and, And it doesn't have to be scary. I think a lot of people are scared of fashion. We've been told we've been growing up grown-up telling us what, you know, we're pear-shaped and we're this and we're not on trend and we're, we're looking on Instagram and we, we don't have the oversized boyfriend blazer and we're not, you know, wearing the right shoes. And, and I really want to move the conversation away from that. That's like not what personal style is and that's not what self-identity is. They're trends that come and go and, and it causes self-loathing and feeling like you're keeping up with the Joneses. This mm. is about connecting with who you are as a person and then finding the language of uh to express that through fashion and that can and you will adjust as we do can you wear the same clothes 10 years later you can but yeah. you will be a different person 10 years later in many ways and yeah. so you and and people do get stuck in certain areas and we talk about on the show um where you get stuck at this period where you were having, maybe you love the music and you felt the hottest and you were doing, you were on top of the world. And, and we get stuck in what I call time capsule dressing. And, and it, but the messaging of that, it's not about my problem. Isn't that you look dated, even though of course that's not ideal. Yeah. But, and, and, and we want to address that. But beneath that is the message you're sending to yourself is that the best years are behind me. That's what that's saying. Mm. and that's not okay with me the best years of now right this day and that's what I like
0: so obviously both you and I have been Mm. in and around the world of fashion me through you know my Former client Miranda, you through the work that you do, obviously at, at E and fashion. So we've worked with a lot of stylists. We've, we understand the process of styling and, and the experts, so to speak. And mm. I've always taken the tact that with, and when you're working with a stylist, it's really important that the stylist understands who you are and who you want to be because you can put a stunning outfit on a person. But if they don't feel that outfit, it can look completely disjointed and wrong. So where do you see that fitting in? Because I definitely have seen and have experienced through the work that we're doing through even the portrait photograp- photography with our clients who work with the stylists, the stylist has helped them. Mm-hmm. See a new possibility. Open their eyes to try new things. And in in many ways, you did this as well on the show. You gave those people permission mm-hmm. to, like Izzy, try on the colors. So, where mm-hmm. do you think it's important to potentially work with an expert? And I know you're doing it now with your transformational fashion experience.
1: Where? Does that fit in? Yeah, I think it's really good. I, I think we have what I would what I call fashion blinkers. So when we go shopping, we often gravitate towards the same section. You know, it's not only the same stores, but do we are you going to the black section? Yes. Are you going immediately to the sales section because of yeah. your idea without even looking at the prices because that's connected to your self-worth in terms of that? There are whole cuts of dresses and jackets that you don't even wouldn't even dream of, of trying on. So I think that the first thing is to just be aware of the blinkers and a great exercise that I like to do is um, with the people I'm working with is I say, okay, pretend you're shopping for your best friend, a close friend, okay and and just for a second, just and open up your eyes and what would you what do you like? What, do you, what would you recommend for them that you think is beautiful? And that in itself frees you up to a whole new realm of possibility to experiment. And you, there may be things that are not going to be good for you, but most people don't even dream of trying it on. And then often are so, so shocked. I mean, on the show, on Undressed, I introduced this person to this, this pink outfit and she, or, and then another one to jeans, you know, and it's, it, you would think that I was doing, putting a like a tarantula on their arm, you know, it's, it's this, you know, a phobia almost of that. And they, put it on and they look in the mirror and they're shocked at how good it looks. They can't believe because for so many years they're limiting self-beliefs or someone told them they look fat in a skirt when they're 12 years old so they never wear a short skirt after that or whatever it might be. We carry all of them. And all of us have them, by the way. We, I have, we all have them. But it's about challenging, acknowledging them, challenging them, and creating exercise. And then in terms of working with a stylist, what I think is great, what I love is, you know, when I have time to do it, I did one. Uh, I, we did it on Tuesday. I had a client and then on Sunday. And it's the most extraordinary experience where these people have never worked with a stylist before, but it's, I, it's not me coming in and telling them I got it all wrong. It's about me sitting there and understanding them. Oh, I get why you're dressed. In this concerted way, you felt from, and it off. It always comes back to experiences that we've had. Yes. That, that made us have a certain identity psychologically yeah. that is now expressing itself through fashion. So I get straight, in, I get deep into the the psychology of understanding them. Yeah, coming to peace with it so that it everything there is to serve you. So, example, you you were the last child in a family of six, for example, someone. That I work with and was always told they're a mistake, always told they're a mistake. And so that person, um, always had to add value. They always felt that their only worth was what they were contributing. So they were not a mistake Mm -hmm. and how that manifested through fashion. And, and so the plus of that, that situation, you look for the good is that when that person became a parent themselves, they, they didn't overcome tape, but they suddenly corrected the wrongs. They became a yeah. such a better person because of it and became someone who contributes so much. So there is a gift in that pain. But then where it was holding them back is that they weren't experiencing joy for themselves because they felt guilty about it because that was re, that was reinforcing this idea that they were. And that was them never going shopping, not looking after themselves. And so for me, it was, you know, creating, giving them permission to look after themselves. And then understanding who they want to be. They want to feel contemporary, not like some dowdy, you know, version of what stylish was and fresh. So they felt like they were, they, this lovely lady said to me, I hope I didn't leave my run too late. I'm like, no, you, it's the perfect time. It's always the perfect time. And she looked, you know, not only did she look 15 years younger, and I don't mean in terms of, I'm not against age, but just the excitement to begin living a life and planning her first overseas trip and doing all these things. So- I I think stylists can be very good, but I think they can also be damaging if you're not working with someone as you say Carly, who seeks to understand you as a person yes. and dress you, not just put their preferred style on you. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's what I that's what I do when I when I work with clients.
0: And I think it's really important that when you're working with, and even if it's not a paid stylist, even if you're in a shop and you've got someone is someone mm. helping you and they're saying, oh, you look amazing. I do think it's important for you to not be restricted by your comfort zones, but to say, no, I don't feel comfortable in this. Like you 100%. know, every, there's that okay, stretch your comfort zones, try something new on. And that was one of the exercises you got. There was one lady, I can't remember her name, but you said go into the shop and buy and try just try a whole bunch of things on things yeah. that Shane, never obviously. would try. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And she did, and she was so shocked. When she did, because she actually discovered that, you know, it actually
1: looked amazing on her, but she just never exactly. tried. exactly. And that's a great exercise for people to do is mm. you don't have to spend a dollar, like literally don't have to spend a dollar. Yeah. Go into shop and try on things that you would never think you would, you should wear. Yeah. And half the time you'll be right, <laughs> but, but the other half you'll be, you'll be wrong and you yeah. will Also educate yourself and that's what I think the process is about. It's like the idea of like give someone a fish, you fed them for for a day, teach them how to fish, you know, they've got food for life. And I think that's really what uh, the role of a very good stylist. Yeah, You should put yourself out of business and that's my hope after working with someone (laughs) for one day that they, I mean, I'm always there for them to ask me, but it's A, to involve them in the process, Yeah, but also for them to figure out, okay, this is what works for me now and yes. for them to then own that conversation for themselves so that then when they go shopping next time, they know, they know. And that's a great place because I think if you don't know, shopping can be really scary and then you end up with what I think a lot of people have, which is a wardrobe full of clothes that still have their tags on them, right? <laughs> because, yeah. you know, a good idea at the time. And yeah. so trying to avoid, you know, avoid that
0: yes i love that and you know and you've given so many great tips and insights the power words i absolutely love this idea of just going in and just trying things on Great. One of the things that you also said in the show, and I i don't want to give away too much because I really encourage everyone to watch the show. It really is. You will find yourself, you'll see parts of yourself in each and every one of the, the participants. And yeah. each and every episode, I walked away with something new and a new realization in within myself. And mm. so it is it is really life-changing, not only for the participants, but for, for the people that are watching. So I really, yeah. I'm so proud of you in every way. But one of the other things you said is when you are looking to change or looking to come closer to who you want to be, actually st- the first place to start is in your wardrobe because there are generally things that you've bought. Maybe you've been on a European trip and you've, got something in a moment of feeling out there and it's there, but you've never worn it because you've been too afraid. Mm. So you can start in your wardrobe. Is that, did I get that right? Absolutely.
1: The best place to start is your own wardrobe. I just lost my sponsorship there. (laughs) (laughs) My shopping, my credit card sponsorship deal. I'm just kidding. But no, the best place to start is in your own wardrobe because there will be clothing, clothes in there. So the first thing to look at is the clothes that have the tags on. So why'd you buy them? You know, were was it someone that you hoped to step into but just haven't had the confidence to do it? And at that point, rip the tag off and put it on. Yeah. Um, or is it that you bought three of the same things because, you, th- oh, you know, I want an oversized linen shirt that covers everything. And you thought, oh, in a moment of trying to be safe say if you bought it in four colors which we also yeah. have on the show there are many different reasons behind it but think yes. of that think of your wardrobe be like a detective in your own wardrobe yes. and open it up and look for the clues mm-hmm. of the thing um and then do look at your everyday most of us do have some form of everyday uniform um yes. and to look at that and say is that the right uniform am i <laughs> am, I, am yes. I going to the wrong school you know <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and and Yeah, and that's what it is because what the problem is is that when people go and spend a lot of money on clothing or spend a lot of time thinking about clothing, it's always almost always about that special occasion. So it's like, oh, it's my so-and-so's wedding or it's this. Mm. That is less than 1% of your sartorial kind of lifespan. And yet that's that's where so much of us invest time and money into where you really should be. Um, investing into your everyday clothes, you know, your work clothes, your weekend clothes, maybe something you could elevate to go out for dinner with as well. That's where we should spend the time and also the money.
0: I love that. And by the way, I have to say, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Kath, but I have actually seen into Catherine's wardrobe and as you would expect, it is huge and so incredibly varied. We got lost in there for a whole day uh, when Kath moved back from LA. And what I love about the way you dress is, (laughs) and your wardrobe, you've got obviously some incredible, beautiful Mm. high-end pieces from, you know, Mm. incredible designer labels. But Mm. you also have no problem going to Zara or... Uh, Aldo or like, I love that about you because you always look, and I'm saying this honestly, as a friend who's seen her behind the scenes, she always looks a million dollars, but you're not necessarily dressing in designer wear, which I think is liberating Mm. as well, because I think a lot of people get afraid of working with a stylist Mm. because they have an assumption that well, I can't afford it because a stylist is going to take me into, you know, all of the high-end designer yeah. out, you know, but it's
1: not, I don't think that's necessarily the way forward. Absolutely not. I mean, when we went on Tuesday, we spent equal time in inexpensive stores and it stores, and I don't really see the, like, obviously it's lovely to have, there are certain kind of statement pieces that you love, but. I don't I think when you don't feel confident in your own personal style yes that's why people feel that they need to wear a designer because they think oh well if Gucci made it Prada you know how wrong could it be and i think it becomes a kind of a different form of safety so yeah. that when you truly do understand your own style and have that confidence which is just a muscle that you know i help people flex it doesn't matter where it's from. It's about whether you like the piece. Is this something that makes me happy? Does this look, was this going to look good on me? Is this going to send the message that I want? And sometimes it's going to be $2,000 and sometimes it's going to be $30. And I really like both equally. And that is, as you will attest to, that is the truth. And so yeah, I think it can be very intimidating that we think and it doesn't have to be like a knockoff of an expensive thing. It's just what piece do you like? What yeah. makes you happy? And I always think like it's fun. It's fun exercises. Don't look at the brand. Don't look at the price and just educate your eye at yeah. what you like. And 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 that's a you know really great place to start as well as doing that because yeah. there's great fashion at every price point. And I don't think you need to spend thousands of dollars to look and feel incredible
0: see here comes your sponsorship it's just come back again so there you
1: go. <laughs> it's for okay, a low end retail
0: where we are you know coming towards the end of our time and I know that you've got uh, a whole bunch of media interviews after this so I want to open it up. One of the, the reasons that I have this format of the podcast where we I invite some of my subscribers to come and actually sit in on the conversation is so that you have the opportunity to, to ask the expert, so to speak, well, some questions. So anything that's come up for you. And I can see there's have been a few questions that have popped up while we've been chatting, Kath. So I'm going to go ahead and ask those questions. But if you have any other questions, please, ladies and gentlemen, uh, put the questions in the, the chat section. So the first question, Kath, that I've got from yeah. TJ is, oh, she's. it's more a comment. She said, I love how you came up with your book ideas, Catherine. and what an amazing journey, serendipity.
1: Aww, thank you. Thank you.
0: And then uh, noreen, Noreen has asked, "Where can we watch the show?" So that, yes,
1: for Paramount. So yeah, it's you can watch it. And what's great is now they've dropped all nine episodes to their hour long episodes so you can binge it because I love a binge um when it comes to TV, at least. <laughs> it's all available on Paramount Plus. So if you have a smart TV, I think we all pretty much do, or even you could do it on your eye, um, your laptop, whatever. But if you go into smart TV and just go to the app section and you just find Paramount Plus, it's like a kind of royal blue color and yeah. you can actually do they actually have a half-off trial for the next, I think, six months. It's yeah, amazing. Like Eight dollars a month normally. And I think it's like four dollars at the moment. But yeah. anyway, and you can and you and you can watch all of them there. And I, a lot of people are really enjoying the binge the binge watching experience. And each episode, you'll. I mean you're gonna you could take a notepad and pen and some box of tissues, but you will yeah. learn some it's a, it's like a masterclass in in and how to dress and also humanity, hopefully.
0: It's so true. It's I I can't stress it enough. Please watch the show. And I will make sure that there's links in the show notes to to get to so that you can find that. So Dai has asked, What are some examples of three power style words? So what are maybe some words that have yeah. come up, Kath? with clients or some of the participants mm-hmm. in the show? What are some of the words that
1: they use in for their mm. power words? Yeah, so it's, again, it's completely unique because it, it's like your, your DNA, but examples of it, and some of these will connect with you and some it might be powerful. One might be creative. One might be current. Mm. Um, one might be romantic. Mm. Uh, one might be... Organized, you know, so there's so many different things and they're, they're basically characteristics about yourself that you like about yourself that are helpful for your success emotionally, professionally, whatever it is. And so when you go, if you walk in a corporate office, it might be that you are, you know, it depends. You know, there's so many. You could, you could use any of those. You could do professional. You could say like that could be boss. It could be charismatic. And so you might bring some color in, or one you know statement piece to your outfit that's that's a conversation starter. But yeah, it's it's really, and you can sit down with a piece of paper and just think for a second. What are and sometimes it's the first three that come to mind. Might be body positive, might be free. You know, on the show we yeah. someone want to feel free, and that's a beautiful word. So what does that mean? Okay, let's drop from you know. So that, that's there are some examples.
0: Love that. I love that. Exam. and Di is a is a beautiful client of mine, and she is an absolute style guru within herself. Uh, incredible CEO, amazingly accomplished, you know, big boardrooms, but with pink hair. And to me, an well, amazing, there you go. So she's so ahead of are. the curveball with this, but yeah,
1: I, I look looking forward to hearing your words, Di. Um, yeah, so, Di, yours could be. I mean, it's totally coming from you, but with the pink hair, so yours could be um trailblazer, you know, or it could be dynamic, you know, it could be authority mixed with um uh rebel. You know, there's different things that will speak to you and they can seem contradictory, but together that's the complexity of who you are as a person and why you're so effective and successful at what you do. So it can be those things like that.
0: So Rochelle, Rachel has asked, excuse me, how important is it to align
1: hairstyle and spectacles with your clothing? Yeah, um, I think it's all about the totality of us. So you know, and and a great stylist always will consult with hair and makeup and make it the look complete because it's all part of the messaging. So absolutely, I think when I work with someone, I also do the help with with their hair and 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 makeup and might be glasses might be other accessories that, um but i think it is i think it's about you because they're all you and they're all part of the impression that you give to yourself and then of course to the world so you don't you don't want to have the, the the fashion part down and then you know, you're feeling contemporary and, and current and, and, and alive. And then you have like the same glasses that make you feel like a librarian from, you know, from the 1950s. F- so unless that is your looking cotton <laughs> So I think it's, it's the totality of it. And I think hair and all those things are and makeup as well. Very important.
0: We've got Janine. Uh, Janine has asked, how do you address the personal perspective that I wear large, bright earrings and try to wear color? My workplace sometimes gives me side eyes as it seems too much personality. So how do you stay true to yourself but not be out there and deal with the old staid workplace values? So how do you stay true to yourself in a workplace that might
1: not? It's more conservative. Yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. I think, look, it is a balance. And I think that when you do work in a workplace that has a certain um, set of, I don't know whether you want to call it restrictions or, Values or a thing. I think you do need to have some sensitivity to that because you are, unless you start your own business, you are still part of the face of that company. So it is the balance where you don't feel invisible and that you and 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 constrained, but also you are respectful to their things. So I think that you know it's it's it, and I don't know what you do, but I think if that makes you feel joyful and self-expressed, then do it. But I would always, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, just dress as dress you it. want. Like, I mean, dress as you want, but with with sensitivity to where you work. And and is the side eyes, is that you assuming that they're giving you bad side eyes as well? Or are they just noticing you? You know what I mean? So sometimes we have this rebellious part of ourselves where we're dressing almost as like the middle finger up to people to say like, I'm wearing this because you 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 don't want me to. Um, That's another interesting thing. It may not be suitable, uh, you know, applicable to you, but it is an interesting question when there's kind of that aspect of it. But I think it's like okay, if you're not offending anyone, it's not like you've got you know penises hanging by your ears. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think you can express yourself (laughs) through fashion in in a way, but but you do have to say is this. Is this offensive to my boss and, and, and the image that this company is portraying? So the dance. I it's love dance. that.
0: I don't love the, the idea of dangling penises over your ears, but I love the I love the idea of that. Uh, okay, we've got a lot of questions to get to. Um TJ's asked, do you think it's important to know what colours work for you? So do you recommend a coloured
1: consultation? I think that we have been indoctrinated to be told, I think it's another version of being told what kind of fruit-shaped body we are. You can't wear this colour, you can't wear that colour. I think that you will find when, I think there's two parts to it. One is a colour consultation is great. Like I will look at what someone's um, colouring is, skin, hair, eye colour, and I will say, oh, this looks really good on you. But I also think it goes back to the idea of experimenting and dropping your fashion blinkers and saying you will put on a, an item of clothing and for reasons, A, connected to your natural coloring, but on a deeper level, what you love, because there is energy to color and it actually can change your biology. There's so much research about that, but you will either look in the mirror and go like, I like this or I won't. And the best thing to do is actually just try on different colors pieces and see what you actually feel good in because that's going to be the right colour for you.
0: I love that. That's really powerful, Um, Kath. Okay. How do we know whether the style
1: that we think looks, feels great on us is actually right for us? Yeah. Well, there are two components of it being right for you, aren't there? So there's one is, does it flatter us? So is it a a flattering style um, that makes us look our best on a physical level? And then the other thing is right for us. Does it express the best, you know, who we are or uh, for our goals? Mm-hmm. So two things with that is one is when it comes to flattering, I think people do have a good idea. Like one tip that I would give you is that it, no matter what body shape you are, if you are a woman, it does make you look better to show some bit of your waist because that's based on science and how, I mean, whether we like it or not, um, waist to hip ratio, and doesn't matter what size that is, and it can be created no matter what body type you are. Like, trust me, we we I've done that. You know, but, but hip to waist ratio is connected subconsciously. Again, you you're not we're not trying to have children right now. I mean, maybe some people are, but but it is connected with fertility mm-hmm. biologically. And that is uh, connected with attractiveness, okay? Because that's how we're wired. We're just animals, guys. We're just <laughs> especially carly. <laughs> so so, so you can't escape biology. We're not there yet. We haven't evolved that much. Um, and so that I would say that as a general rule, no matter what your body type, if there's some suggestion of waste and you find where that waste is for you, and it might be with tucking in a shirt in a strategic part you don't have big hips but but you've got a bit of a tummy so you you drape it across the front but you tuck it and tuck it in on the side and that brings the eye up or a more crop jacket that falls at the top of your waist so it brings your eye up to that rather than there's a but not tenting yourself and all these things there are many many um tools that are more technical that i can you know that i can show people on how to create the best silhouette for them and then whether the second part is whether it's right for you or not is what are your goals when you is this helping you achieve them? Is this helping you find love? Is mm. this helping you get the promotion? Is it helping getting the sales calls? What you know, whatever it is, if it's not in line with that, then no, it's the wrong outfit. And if it is, then it's the right outfit. I love that. Uh, you know, we have more questions
0: than time, uh, Kathy. You able to take one more, or you I'll need to quickly, quick answers? Okay, okay, we'll do it. One, wow. I've, okay. I've got I can do, I can do two more, two more, okay, two more, two more, more quick two answers. more. Okay. So the next one is, okay. As a newbie primary teacher, I'd really like to dress fun, but also professional, professionally. There are certain outfits I wear. I feel really great, generally fun in, but I don't feel I look at the, all that professional teacher. And so don't feel powerful with other adults. What's the trick here that I could use? So she has exactly.
1: Fun? Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, so what you do is wear exactly Carly translates, I love you, Carly. Um, wear exactly what you're wearing, but put a blazer on it or wear a vest that has a square shoulder. The minute you put on a square shoulder, it has subconscious references to being to I mean, military. It's reason why military u- uniforms are not sloped shoulders on, you know cold shoulder um because it, it it denotes power and professionalism the power suit all those things so wear whatever you want to wear that makes you feel happy and fun and then just put on some jacket or something that has a little bit of structure here it could even be a vest that has the square shoulder and your business and the final question guys thank you for
0: all hanging in there so we've got since turning 50 I have not noted I have not noticed gaining a belly. Now I'm completely thrown about how to dress. I cannot dress yeah. the same as I used to which I loved. How do you suggest I approach this?
1: Yeah, it's true. It's really hard when your body changes and hormones and belly are. you know that's that's hormone change weight distribution which as you get older goes to your belly. And that's connected to the whole idea of fertility. That's why I anyway. Mean. But I think, and there's, there are many tricks to it, but one of the simplest ones, and we, and I did this last week is if you're open to it, and so your life is easy, so you don't have to change your entire wardrobe, is literally just go in to Spanx or into Nancy. I think Spanx is great. And just buy yourself a really nice, comfortable one that has a gusset, so you don't have to, like a sausage coming out of its skin, but you can just go to the toilet during the day and just Put one on. Super easy. They're very breathable. They're not like the the things of that you know our grandmothers were wearing that were like needed smelling salts. You know, they're they're thin. They're breathable. They're and you can get a get a skin colored one. Get a black one, and that's your go to piece. And you can keep your entire wardrobe. You can. And also you might want to just lift your waist up a little bit higher. So if it goes to the lower belly, which it often does at certain age, what you can do is your natural waist can just go up a little bit. And so you could even create a belt up there. So put a little support garment on, light one, don't kill yourself with it. And then a belt, finding your a way to bring the attention up higher to the part that is hanging in there a little bit, and that will answer that problem for you. Oh, I love that. That's great insight. Kath, I have.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I love you. I love everything about what you're doing. This is really changing people's lives. This is not surface level conversations. This is a very real exploration of self and self-expression. And you are really helping move the dial and helping people really realize that. So I commend you. I applaud you. And I I thank you for being this hour with me and sharing with my community. I know just based on the fact that this the the questions that are coming through, I know that everyone got so much out of it. So thank you so much for joining us today, and ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here with me and Kath. Yeah. Just, thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the minor technical issues which we have worked as me and not so. Um, thank That's you so for sticking being here. there, and yeah, I look forward seeing and hearing. I'll give all the links on how to contact Kath in the show notes and in the follow-up email so that you can reach out and have a look into the work that she's doing and what she's offering our clients one-on-one. So... Thanks, Kath. Thank you so much, Carly. I love you.
1: And she's, she, so you guys, you've got a good one there. Uh, and um, and thank you so much for for your interest and, and for sticking with us. And I've had so much fun. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.
0: And look forward. Thanks, guys. To you Lovely to have you. At Bye. the next podcast. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, share what you learned and help others find the podcast by leaving a review. If you would like to attend the next virtual class in real time, be sure to sign up to the invite list via carlylion.com or the link in the show notes below. I look forward to having you at the next class.